0: Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came from the sky a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Tongues like fire appeared and were distributed to them, and one sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages, as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under the sky. When this sound was heard, the multitude came together and were bewildered because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. They were all amazed and were perplexed, saying one to another, What does this mean? Others mocked them and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and spoke out to them. You men of Judea and all you who dwell at Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words, for these aren't drunken as you suppose, seeing it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. It will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Yes and on my servants and on my handmaidens in those days. I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.
1: And, the happy Pentecost Sunday. It was this day, centuries ago, 50 days after the resurrection, that the church was born. Seven weeks earlier, it looked like it was all over. And Jesus rose from the dead, ministered to his disciples for 40 days, told them to go wait in Jerusalem. The verses preceding Acts 2 kind of set it up. In Acts 1, it says they were assembled together. Verse 4, the Scriptures today are in your bulletin. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says, being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The first part of John and other parts of the Gospels, John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to tie. And he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, verse 6, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still thinking natural kingdom. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So He told them to wait for the promise of the Father that was coming. The book of Acts is written by the same guy who wrote the book of Luke. Dr. Luke. And he ended... His gospel, Luke's gospel, with these verses where Jesus said, he remembers him saying, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, while he's speaking blessing over them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. While he was parted from them and carried into heaven, he's blessing them. And they worshipped him. So they're, he's blessing them and they're worshipping him as he's ascending into heaven. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. And then, of course, we just heard through the video what happened in Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost had fully come. And the Holy Spirit came with sound and wind and power and fire and languages that they didn't know how to speak. And there were over 15 different nationalities listed there in Acts 2 where they had come in from around the world to the festival of Pentecost to celebrate the giving of the law. Fifty days after Passover, they were at Mount Sinai where God began to reveal the law to his people. And so in celebration of that, they'd come in from all around the world. What an ideal occasion. For God who fulfilled Passover through the death of His Son and His resurrection to fulfill Pentecost through the giving of the Holy Spirit who writes God's laws in our heart rather than on stone. Isn't that awesome? And so it was a glorious occasion. They heard them declaring the wonderful works of God in their own languages. We heard this on the, the church was born. And it was an incredible time. If you'll look further into Acts 2, it says, that, it says that they shared their belongings and blessed one another. The gin board would have been their kind of thing. 3,000 souls were added to them, verse 41. And verse 42 says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And so begins this incredible journey of the church that was born close to 2,000 years ago, a little less than 2,000 years ago. This church was born, and we are here today, part of that church through the work that God began. A church that exemplified not only, not only was portrayed in power, usually on Pentecost Sunday Pentecostal churches will preach about Pentecostal power, but also in Pentecostal fruit, the priority of which is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then all the aspects of love come after that. Joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith. When there's love, you're going to have peace. When there's love, you're going to have joy. When there's love, you're going to have gentleness. When there's love, you've got you've got God to see His love. Amen? And so this church had an, a demonstration of love was definitely happening in their midst. They shared their belongings. And this thing continued in... In Acts chapter 4, it talks about them praying and them all being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking the Word of God with boldness. Verse 31, it says, The multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone who Among them who lacked, no one was in want. They were walking in the reality of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. None of them lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they were distributed to each as anyone had need. And this definitely was a needy time for them. They were an occupied country living under an oppressive regime, the Roman Empire. And they were an oppressed people living under uh, uh, in a culture that was anti-Jesus. I mean, they crucified him just you know a couple months earlier. And so this church was born in this time. And then it grew to 3,000 people. And by Acts chapter 4, I think there was 5,000 of them. 3,000 of these people were from out of town. They were from other countries. Uh, Many times, as in the case of Barnabas, he was from the island of Cyprus, which was a considerable journey in that day from Israel. Had to sail by ship to go there. He went back, sold some stuff, sold some land, came back, and shared the abundance that the Lord had blessed him with with others so that their needs could be met. Well, it was an awesome time. But as the church grew, some problems came up. In Acts chapter 6, it says, the multiply the number of disciples was multiplying, and there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. The Israeli Jews were being complained against by the Grecian Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. These were women who these were women who couldn't get jobs in that day, and their husbands had deceased, and they were getting overlooked in the distribution. Of food and and daily necessity. So the twelve, those who Jesus had raised up, including Matthias, who they had raised up in Acts 1, summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the Word of God, the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So not only are the Apostles ministering, but they are equipping the saints for ministry. And they're raising up more leaders. As the church multiplies, you need more leaders, do you not? So they're raising up more leaders to help take care of the needs of the church. The church existed like this communally for about eight years, and then persecution arose. And these people who would lived in, in a great church community for eight years went back to their homelands, and the gospel began to spread across the Roman Empire, like wildfire. They became known as a people who were turning the world upside down. What an awesome time. But today is the day where we celebrate the beginning of all that. And i just like to look at that closely is just a few points and then make our application on the sharing of love. Love shares. Number one was the instruction from Jesus. He said to wait for the promise. He promised it. He told them it was coming. John the Baptist had predicted it. The time had come. Now it was time for them to wait. And they needed to stay in Jerusalem. The response of the disciples, they worship Jesus as he's leaving. And they go back to Jerusalem and are daily in the temple, praising God, having a good time. Now traditionally people will say the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room. The Bible does not say that. Acts chapter 1 talks about the meeting in the upper room. But Luke 24 says that daily they were in the temple. And before it burned down, there was a biblical arts center in Fort Worth that had a huge life size painting of the day of Pentecost. And they pictured it as happening in the temple. I think it happened in the temple because thousands of people were able to gather and witness what had happened. If they were stuck in some little room, it couldn't have happened. So I believe that daily they went to the temple to have church, to worship, and wait on this promise. Ten days later, the time came and in an atmosphere of praise, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's also popular to believe that Jesus showed himself alive to 500 people and only 120 of them were faithful enough to believe to be there on the day of Pentecost. The Bible doesn't say there was only 120 of them in the upper in, in, there in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter one talks about 120, but it's right after he ascended and it was 120 men not counting the women and children so I believe there was hundreds of people filled with the holy spirit and then 3000 got saved it's a glorious time isn't it good when we just look at the bible without the tradition and see the greatness of god amen there was three signs of the holy spirit coming the time had come the day of pentecost had fully come the time had come and since that day it's always been the time The time has come and it is now here. You don't have to tarry and wait anymore. I grew up in old-time Pentecostal churches where we had tarrying services. We waited on the Holy Spirit to come. Oh, maybe He'll come today. Well, He's here, saints. Jesus said He would come and He came. The disciples were in unity. This is so important. They were in one accord. God's blessing comes upon people in unity. And people were going to hear about Jesus. If you want the Holy Spirit to be in power, it has everything to do with evangelism. Everything to do with evangelism. Everything to do with reaching the lost. That's what he's about. It's not just about blessing his children, but it's about reaching the lost. And to me, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit's activity is our people coming to faith in Jesus. The four results of receiving the Holy Spirit as the church was born We're in an expression of that today. There was the power to be witnesses. Peter, who had been afraid, stood up with boldness and never stopped preaching. The threat of death, jail, beatings, it didn't matter. He was empowered. There was a boldness to face opposition. They were willing to not be popular for the sake of popularity's sake or for the sake of Of employment, they were willing to stand for what was right. And there was the meeting of one another's needs. I really believe where the Holy Spirit is in operation, there is no lack. Needs are met. We could all be talking in other tongues like Chinamen today. But if somebody's having a walk home, we're missing something, right? Amen. Five practices of the first churches. They, this Everything they did was happening every day. It was not just a Sunday morning thing. And it was public and private. Large gatherings and small gatherings. It was a big thing that the Lord had begun. And it was expressed in public places and in homes. And in homes. It was both. Thirdly, the early church practiced prayer and fellowship. Both things were happening. Preaching and teaching. And giving and distributing resources. It was a church that met needs, spiritually and physically. It was a diverse church, made up of people of all ages. The promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off. People of all ages cultures, people of all ethnicities. By Acts chapter 8, the moving of the Holy Spirit, the birthing of the church began to happen in people that were only part Jewish. By Acts chapter 10, eight chapters later, it began to reach people who were non-Jewish. In Acts chapter 8, a black man got saved. So as a diverse church began to be And I believe an expression of his church is diversity. Amen? It's a church that meets needs. There was none of them who lacked. It's a church that sowed their seeds. They distributed to each one as anyone had need. Do you have a need today? The Lord cares about physical things. He really does. When Yvette and I were young, we were our kids were small, you know, we had, I had my pride. And sometimes I remember one occasion somebody wanted to give my child something really nice and I turned it away, you know, if I can't provide it for him, he can't have it, that kind of thing. And then the Lord humbled me. We were in a church meeting where people were standing and saying, I have this to give away and somebody else is standing, I have that to give away and somebody else else is standing, I have that to give away. And we had a friend with us who stood up. And I thought, she's not from here. She, you know, she's not from here. What's she going to say? She says, I've been staying with my friends who go to church here, and their mattress has springs sticking out of it. I could have melted. If I could have become invisible, I would have. We went home that night with a waterbed promised to us. Yeah. <laughs> waterbed. We're poor, but we're proud. Well, pride may be why you're poor. Just open yourself up to receive. Amen? Open yourself up to receive. If you have a need, write it down. This is my need. It may not not get met through this way, but I tell you what, opening yourself up could open yourself up to God's ways. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself and you'll be humbled. And seeds. Do you really want to die leaving behind a house full of stuff for your children to have to sort through? Really? Really? That's not, that's not really being kind to them. So, some things we have that we are going to give to others. Amen. If, if He blesses us with blessings that we don't have room enough to contain it, what are we supposed to do with that extra stuff? There's tremendous blessing waiting on the sowing of our seeds. Watch this.
2: it started in an upper room nearly two thousand years ago the promise of the father distributed on 120 1st century believers no one present could have possibly anticipated the far-reaching impact that group would make they would soon be called those who have turned the world upside down through the centuries tyrants have fought it empires have opposed it and society has denied it. Still, the unshakable words of the prophet Joel stand. In the last days, he is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. On a warm Saturday evening in mid-April 1906, a group of committed believers gathered at 312 Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California to seek the demonstration of the Spirit of God. What fell in Jerusalem fell again in that old converted stable. The sick were healed in great numbers. Men and women of all cultural backgrounds came together to seek God. The rich and the poor stood side by side. The curious and the skeptics came and were struck to their knees by the power of God in that simple place. No one present could have imagined the flame God had kindled there would become a raging wildfire. From that humble beginning, this wave of Holy Ghost infilling spread across the city, throughout the country, and literally around the world. The fire still falls.
1: In conclusion, we're in a season of preaching on love and I have to say that love can be felt, but it is more than a feeling. It is a commitment that can be felt. It is an undying commitment for life. I'm going to love you and lay down my life to bless you, to strengthen you, to help meet needs. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. If you're happy, I'm happy. That's what love is about. We cannot be all that God has called us to be as a church unless we walk in the fullness of His love. Amen? Can we stand? Some of us have needs that are going to be an incredible miracle when God meets them. And Jesus gave us promises. In addition to the promise of the Holy Spirit, He said, where two or three of you agree, concerning anything that they may ask. I will do it. I will do it. And so I'm going to transition the service into a, into a, just a time of prayer. It does not have to be long. You don't have to pray the entire book of Psalms. But I'd like for us to gather in groups of two or three. If it's more than five, it would be too big of a group. Four would be ideal. Three would be perfect. But just groups of two or three and ask one another, is there any need I can pray with you about. If you're not comfortable in doing this, you don't have to do this. When I release the body to minister to the body, I'm going to slip out the door and be there to greet people that have to leave. But if you're here and you have a need, let somebody pray with you about it. Who will do that? Who, Who will pray with someone that has a need? All right, Lord, I just pray right now as we transition to service that you would move in power, Lord, that you would answer prayers God, that You would give words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of faith to people that need it. In Jesus' name. Amen.